Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Trent here and it's wonderful to have your company today for episode 234. This week on Toy Power, we're talking all things Lego as we talk to one of Australia's best Lego creators. Joining me I mean, today... it's not you. No, it's not. No, I'm a oh, hack. Okay. I'm a hack compared to the guest we've got lined <laughs> Ooh, up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Hoi, hoi. And a very warm welcome to Brent, the master creator. Brent, welcome to Toy Power. Otherwise known as Brett or Greg or Trent or... <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is the thing. Like, I had, I took a look at your Instagram account and it gives, gives a bit of background. I'll give a bit of a background to our audience you're an artist, and, and I want to talk a, a little bit about that because it definitely comes through in your Lego designs, um, and a co-founder of the video game studio Five Lives Studio, and um, Brent is the uh, guy behind the Ecto-1 set, mm-hmm. as well as the recent Seinfeld set, and it says at the bottom of your Insta, get my name wrong because everyone else does, <laughs> and here on Toy Power, we're happy to oblige. This is from This is from a couple of weeks ago. Created by Lego fan designer uh, Brent Walker from Australia. On your Brett. <laughs> Brent, sorry. <laughs> Brett did well too. Yeah. Well, not, not, not only not only did did Ben you got yes yeah Brett mixed up with Brent, but there was a what did Darren say Walker? Was that a yeah. Walker? Yeah. Brett Brett Walker. So there you go. We've got we've just doubled up, <laughs> double jeopardy. Yeah. And I mean, like it's a running joke. Like multiple people in diff- different separate sort of pods have come up with this joke themselves. They always get my name wrong. And I think it's it's so close to so many other names. It's yep. not a normal name. <laughs> and I've, I remember as a kid, I got I got mail. I'm Brent Thomas Waller. And I got mail for a Brett Thomas Walker <laughs> and opened it. And I'm in a, I'm in a small country town. <laughs> I opened it thinking it was mine. And no, it wasn't. It was some other guy. <laughs> wow. That, that is fantastic. Well, um, as any new guest to Toy Power, you get the obligatory questions. Um, Frank, over to you. All right. So what we like to do here, just a bit of a get to know you, is we do it. So this is put yourself back in your 10-year-old shoes. So we'll start by saying, what was your favorite movie as a 10-year-old? Uh, depending on what time of year it was, it would have either been Batman or Ghostbusters 2. Oh, <laughs> no, nice. Great choices. <laughs> yep, 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 yeah, very good. But yeah, born in 79, I wasn't sort of... I wasn't desperate for choices. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I mean, we're, we're, we're so spoiled now with all the movies that come out. But back then, like 89, you know, tentpole film, mm. Batman comes yeah, out. Huge. Um, yeah, huge. And when was... Because Ghostbusters would have been... Ghostbusters 2 would have been a similar era. Um, it was... They're both 89. Yeah. I know in the US, Ghostbusters opened before Batman and got absolutely trounced by Batman, but I'm not sure how it played out in Australia. Yep. Mm. Good question. Yeah, very good. And what was your favourite non-Lego toy as a 10-year-old? I didn't have a lot of non-Lego toys, to be honest. Like, I had... Um, like, I not because 
my parents couldn't afford or anything it's just they always bought me lego and right. i think that's a good thing now in retrospect yep i always wanted the the ninja turtles and the transformers and stuff but i don't know what i don't think it, it wasn't original transform it was like a knockoff brand it was this big gun thing that transformed like you could hold it and it had this big round head and it transformed from a gun you could kind of hold like this into this big robot with long arms and i've seen it on the internet since and i don't know what the name of it is right but outside of oh. lego that was probably my favorite Ooh. Sounds interesting. That's, that's like uh, Megatron on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold it in. It was just uh, weird. It's like it had the color scheme of Optimus Prime. It was like red and uh, blue, but it obviously wasn't a Transformer. Yep. Right. Wow. Very cool. Cool. I'm sure someone will reach out and tell us exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. But that sounds really cool. All right. So, uh, so Lego set as a ten year old. What did you really want but never got as a child? Uh, probably wasn't a ten year old, but as I kind of got. I was a little bit older, probably would have been about 12 or 13. I was kind of, I still was still heavily into Lego, but my parents thought I was too old for it. So they wouldn't buy them anymore. And there was like a space shuttle on the back of a truck. It must've been like 91 or 92. Yep. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was basically a space shuttle on the back of like a flatbed truck with like a couple of motorbikes. As yes. Like yep. Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. I remember that one. That was, I think that was sort of the very first kind of, like realistic space shuttle launch like we obviously had the the 80s space the the very yeah, yeah. Um, nostalgic but that when that came out it was like oh it's it's this is how they take off and it's just like a a launch and that those sets were really cool but they they didn't seem to be around for too long no like i remember specifically that set because it was the first time i'd ever been to a toy toys r us and it was because i grew up in a country town and west of uh, brisbane here first time i traveled into brisbane or might have been ipswich or somewhere and saw a toys r us and went into the store and just saw this massive wall of lego and that one just caught my eye the one the one just instant while you're talking about that we used to holiday a lot in victor harbour which is a local seaside town here in south australia just about an hour and a half away from from adelaide and they had a toy world up there and i reckon you know like it, it probably didn't get the patronage that the big city stores would get mm. so stock would hang around for a while and we, every time we'd holiday up there we were only around the corner, so it was a staple visit. And I remember the, um, obviously there was the, the only ever two sets released officially by Lego back in the day that contained the monorail pieces. Mm. There was the original sort of space monorail set. And then there was like a city kind of like yeah, airport shuttle. And and I just remember like looking at, and mum and dad would have never, you know, like on a holiday, <laughs> forked out whatever that set was, 150 bucks or whatever that was. But I just remember staring at that every time oh. I'd go in and eventually it, of course, it's it sold. Um, and I hate to think of what it's worth now. It's probably a very yeah. <laughs> a very sought-after set. Absolutely. Um, and we have Darren. Darren has joined us. Sorry to be late, everyone. My apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a little bit of a, um asthma attack earlier this evening, and it um, yeah, sort of threw, threw me out somewhat. But um, I've taken my medication. I'm feeling a lot better now. Good. Oh, good. Well, yeah, I've got a really bad feeling that Frank's going to edit that in some inappropriate segment that's going to be my new catch cry I've, I've taken my medication and I'm okay now <laughs> you're okay yeah I, I can hear the remix already <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we're very good at taking it out of context so we'll yes. do that but uh, um but it's good to be here and um it's good to to be chatting with you Brent I was just thinking when you were talking about the the um the space Lego sets and, and Trent was talking as well remind cast my mind back to the, the big Lego uh, world expos you know one from from the 1980s and 1990s and i still remember the 1986 space lego exhibition at, at john martin's you know the 
and can even remember it, the front entrance, Rundle Mall's um, entrance of the store, the big giant astronaut that went from, from the floor to the roof, basically welcoming you as you came into the store. Uh, did How inspired were you by, um, by some of that stuff? And my apologies if you've already talked about it. No, like I remember distinctly going to, we used to have them at the Maya Center up here in Brisbane. Yep. So it was a bit of a trek. It's probably a one hour drive or probably more back then. So the time to get to that, go to that was pretty special. Like even just going to Toowoomba Rips, which was pretty special back then. <laughs> so to get to go specifically to a Lego show and see that kind of stuff, like it just seemed like it came from another world. Like it was so beyond the capabilities I had at the time or even my comprehension of what you could build back then. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly fired my imagination. I never reached those dizzying levels, unfortunately. A hundred percent though. But like you're used to, I mean, even if you're talking a big set, like even if you're talking, you know, with the flip case box and the nice plastic layers that have all the Pete's parts, you know, displayed like a, a nice hundred hundred dollar set. Mm. You build, you get that home, you build it. And you're like, oh, I got a massive castle. This, this doesn't get any better than that. And you go to one of those shows, and and these things are so large yeah. and such epic scale, all brick built, um, and and it, it's just like kind yeah. of how can they do this? <laughs> and and yeah. I remember reading almost like you know this has this many parts and this has this many taken hours. yeah this many hours yeah. and you're like how does how, you, you're like child brains just can't <laughs> compute those sort of things <laughs> yeah it did did rattle your brains didn't it just that larger than life concept yep yeah. all right we're gonna jump in now because brent you are a um well i i would say probably one of the most acclaimed australian lego designers in the ideas program with your submissions and the quality of your submissions um, and for, for those of you that are listening that don't know, Lego offer a program to fans to submit ideas that can, if they get the vote requirements and if they're approved and endorsed by Lego, can be turned into official sets, which began with the, the QSO program um, and is now morphed into the Lego Ideas program. And basically, if you can get your set to reach uh, 10,000 votes, it then kind of gets shortlisted by Lego and then they'll take a look at them and see which ones will will make sets and they, mm. they might, you know, produce, you know, a, a few sets out of that submission. I find this fascinating because to me it's like, it's it's Lego's outsourcing in a way. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they obviously got an amazing team of designers and creators and artists and stuff, but then they've gone, oh, let's see what else is out there. And they yeah. can literally pick and choose and... Um, you know, you've got people like Brent here doing the heavy lifting and, and, you know, coming up with these wonderful designs and Lego just go, like that? We'll buy that one. But it's like, a great, like in a... In a <laughs> it's a genius idea. And it's a genius it's, idea, It's community yeah. building at the same that's, time. That's right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think, I feel like that's the angle that they've sure. kind of launched with. But, you know, because I think they've got enough money to pay their designers whatever they want. But it, it allows excitement within the yeah. community to go, I'm going to get my set made. Yeah, you know, that, 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 cool. that must be... I can't even imagine what that would would feel like. Um, but you know, just to put that in context, things like the Voltron set that came out mm. of a Lego Ideas, the the bl medieval blacksmith that we got recently, which um, is a, another fantastic build, quite different actually to the submission to what kind mm. of Lego finally came up with. Um, and one of everyone here's favorite film franchises of all time, Ghostbusters. And Brent, you're responsible for the minifigure scale Ecto-1 that came out, um, was the first sort of Ghostbusters set to come out. Um, you've had two successful submissions with the Ecto-1 and the uh, Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. What, what for you is the main thing that 
inspires you to create sets to create these lego ideas sets where, where does your inspiration come from to do that i mean it's it's pure selfishness like <laughs> i want lego to make these things so i'll do it so hopefully other people will think the same thing and then vote on it so it's purely like i want lego ghostbusters i want lego seinfeld i want lego dark crystal i want lego X- x-files so this is my way of just at least putting it out there and hoping other people feel the same way and hopefully lego feels the same way and it's like it is literally selfishness like i made these things i would have made them anyway for my own benefit for my own collection and i've done it for other things i know lego would never touch so it's purely like it is like selfishness like i want these things i think they'd be great some things i've tried that just not haven't hit the mark and either the audience hasn't liked it or lego hasn't liked it but that's fine like i've got them for my own collection so yeah, I've got what I want. Out of it. I personally it's very satisfying to see fans come on board and 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 say out of all the options, this is the one I back, and and it's your creation. Yeah, like to, for ten thousand people to do that for your project alone is a pretty special feeling. Like they've no no one spurred them. Like I've I've made you know pitches and things to try and show off the project and promote it, but no one's holding a gun to their head to make them sign up for an account and do these things. Like so to have that behind it all. And I think that's kind of the market bed for Lego as well. Like mm. that's kind of a test case. If 10,000 people voted for this, maybe there's enough audience there to make it a real set kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. I personally think you're being a bit harsh on yourself saying it's selfishness because I personally think, you know, for someone like myself who is a bit of a Ghostbusters fan, my kids are Ghostbusters fans. I don't have the creativity skills to create a Ecto-1 you know, out of the blocks that I have in my personal collection, which isn't very much, you know, it's just broken down sets from childhood and things. So for someone like yourself to put in the labour, the knowledge, the experience, who's got all the white bricks and the colours, shapes and dimensions that you need to put together the perfect Ecto-1 and then present them to Lego and then allow the wider community, the wider world to buy the perfect Ecto-1 toy and have that, you know, on display. I think that is absolutely a dedication to yourself that, you know, you're the, you know, driving force behind the perfect version of the, a Lego version of Ecto-1 and, uh, you know, so forth for the Seinfeld sets and things. I, I think that's really, that really cool. Me, like as a kid, I don't know if you remember the the old, like 80s style Lego cars that were very boxy. And, yep. yep. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, yep. They're all the same design. Yep. Like back in the day, I had one of those as an Ecto. So I basically had a white one with, I put, you know, junk and stuff on the roof and put some little red fins on the back and that was my Ecto. Yep. And I had the Ghostbusters and then basically because I didn't have, um, you know, action figures and things, I would recreate whatever I was into in Legos. So whether it was Ghostbusters or Ninja Turtles, I had the, the um, <laughs> nice. I call them the Robin Hood Lego with the, the green caps. Yep. I had four of those that because that was the only green Lego characters you could get. They were my Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I had a, a black spaceman and I had a pencil case, a Return of the Jedi pencil case, vinyl pencil case that I cut little ears out of because they were black and stuck them with blue tack to the side of the black space <laughs> helmet and made the cape out of it. Yep, yep. And that was my Batman. Batman. Nice. <laughs> That's Batman. Awesome. I love that. I, I yeah. love the imagination, you know, um, child's imagination and making it work. I think. And uh, like I had, because my dad was a carpenter, he had a, like an old, so, uh, what is it called? A singer uh, sewing machine. Yes. Leg, yep. Like the wrought iron legs. Yep. And he built like a tabletop that was a perfect size to fit. I think it was like two base, two Lego base plates by like six or something 
Wow. And so I'd have a town up above. And then when it was Batman time, when I was into Batman, I had the bat cave down the bottom. And there was like those, the aerials all stuck together as the bat pole running down. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's so the, cool. The bat cars down underneath. Yeah. That's awesome. It must be so like, because you couldn't even imagine, I mean, growing up in the, in the eighties, for me, I was similar, probably not to that extent, Brent, but with Star Wars, you know, I remember getting like the, the medieval kind of helmet, the black helmet and painting, like just coloring in a minifig head all black and making a Darth Vader. Um, yeah. And you almost, you, we're so spoilt now when you mm. think of all the licensed it's stuff that is out there. And now with ideas, getting things like Ghostbusters that you, know, you couldn't have even kind of, I couldn't have even imagined official like Star Wars sets. And mm. it was the first thing we got in 99 kind of like this this licensed stuff like what 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 is that like to you now as an adult to just have the plethora of of licensed products to choose from well i i mean it's great for me because i'm i get instantly surprised anytime they bring a new franchise whether it's like indiana jones or lord of the rings i snap it up because i love those things or the the recent looney tunes ones mm. yes yeah snap them up because i love those things but then i wonder does that then sort of dampen the creativity of the next generation like yeah when you were just talking about creating your star wars helmet i was thinking back to i got a bunch of cardboard and stole a bunch of my dad's gray uh, like silver tape and like completely coated the thing in uh, the cardboard structure i'd made in that silver tape and made like a ghostbusters backpack out of it yeah <laughs> yep. and i just wonder whether if you just hand these things on to kids with a silver platter whether they'll have the same impetus to go out and create something of their own yeah mm. yeah it's a very good question for sure you've obviously got uh as i said a bit of experience with submitting ideas if someone out there is trying to do the same thing what sort of advice have you got as far as is there anything you need to factor in you, you mentioned before you said the stuff that you made you just know lego is not going to touch um yeah. would be that because of licensing or you know the the very against violence and these sorts of things. Is there any sort of advice you've got for people to, if, if they want to submit an idea, what's what's some sort of high level stuff they should be should be looking for? I mean, it all does come down to the idea. Like it comes down to the name of the the, the, the project, essentially, mm. like the website. So if you can have a, a great idea and execute it sort of not so great. So I kind of figured it as like a multiplying effect. So you can have a, an idea the idea has a certain amount of potential in its own right, whether it's, you know, a franchise or an original thing that you've made for your own. And then it's like the presentation is like a multiplier on top of that. Yep. So if you have a great idea, what's even the build? Like if you have a great idea, but the build's not so great, Mm. you can only multiply that idea by your build by so much. And then on top of that, that's the presentation. So you can have a fantastic idea, a a fantastic build, but if you don't take the right photos and don't present it in the right light, the multiplying effect is diminished. And then on top of the end is kind of like the promotional, like spreading the word and telling people if that again is not enough, that's a multiplying effect as well. So it's all like all through the way you have all these factors that can impact how well your project does. But if the initial idea isn't really compelling or, doesn't have a hook whether it's an original thing or whether it's a tv show or a movie it's just not going to go terribly far mm. and so with the promotional stuff is that just like will you take all the photos uh you obviously i'm assuming do a bit of a write-up and stuff put it on the lego idea site and that's it or is it you putting it on like various lego groups via social media or how does that side of it work? So like for example when i because i had a dead spell for 
Lego ideas between Ghostbusters. I did the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and I tried a couple other things that didn't do terribly well. And then I just had literally no ideas. Hmm. And then at one point I built a, a like a bonsai, like a life-size Lego bonsai. And then from there, that kind of got me back into that creative, out of that creative rut. And then from there, I put X-Files and Seinfeld up and I thought X-Files is going to do fantastic because I love it and I'd done it previously just for my own benefit and the actress who plays um, Scully, Gillian Anderson, saw it and uh, asked me if she could have a copy of the many things oh, I've wow. made. It. Wow, that's excellent. Cool. I made duplicates, thankfully, and I said, I'll send you my duplicates as long as you take a photo of yourself holding, yeah, holding it. Wow. <laughs> and then she did better than that. She took a photo of her and David Duchovny on the set of season 10 holding them up in costume. Oh, oh cool. wow. So that was around 2014, 15 or something. And I thought, like, she like tweeted that and it went absolutely mental and i thought because of that x Files is going to do amazing and i'll put that up and then i'll just do seinfeld because i love seinfeld and just for the hell of it and seinfeld went mental and x Files just kind of dwindled away <laughs> and but for x Files, uh, sorry for seinfeld people were really taking to it like the seinfeld fan community was really taking to it so i was recreating in terms of the promotion i was recreating scenes from the show as just still images or I did try stop motion stuff. It didn't really work mm. like almost every day, like every second day or so I was making a new image and posting it and saying, Hey, here's a new thing you can look at. You can go and vote for it if you want to make it a real thing. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a bit of a story so, type thing. Yeah. Each so day, it, a different story. Yeah. Like I yeah. tell people who are trying to promote their own projects, don't just keep spanning the same link and the same yep. pictures yeah. generate new content will generate new interest. If you just keep spamming the same thing over and over, people are going to get annoyed with you. <laughs> Yeah, yep. very it's, wise it, words. It's interesting. Like with sign, I find this interesting. Like in the in the merchandise or toys or collectibles space, I, I recall, and, and I don't know which one would have come first. Sounds like your set would have come first, but they did a model replica of Jerry's apartment, much like what you've built. You can go out and basically, I think it was about a year yeah. ago. A year ago, you could go out. It's, it was a while because yeah. I actually based my design on that. Right. Set. Okay. Oh. So maybe it was a couple. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So maybe that came first. Um. But like. I'm trying to scratch my head and think beyond the Lego set you've got through this ideas program, beyond that replica kind of set you can sit on your, you know, table or whatever that you want. Mm. If you're a Seinfeld fan, there's so, like I've got a guy at work that just lives and breathes Seinfeld, loves it, quoting it all the time. But if you're a Seinfeld fan, what's your like tangible outlet? Like maybe some Funko Pops, mm. you know, but there's not a, not lot, a lot you can get. So I feel like in that kind of void, you know, a Lego set will, will meet a lot of people's needs to have something Seinfeld tangible mm. in their hands, in their collection. And, and I wonder, like... No, I, I didn't realise it. Sorry. There you go. No, I didn't realise it until I... Because I just created this thing and put it up there. Yep. And then I... Part of my process of the promoting part is just finding, like, Seinfeld communities or Ghostbusters communities and just sharing it with them because they're the people who really get a kick out of it. Yes. And I found that there's actually some really active and really big Seinfeld, like on Reddit and Facebook communities that I just didn't know about because I love Seinfeld, but I didn't realize that there was other people like me out there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. So you talk about, uh, you know, how you pitch and everything like that. Uh, where do you get your, you know, you, you have to design and custom, you know, elements with the Lego minifigure heads and things like that, you know. Do you think that's really important to get them professionally done and done to a you know real professional degree 
before submitting. Like you can't just you know put a bit of paint job and uh, yeah put the dot the eyes cross the t's and then uh, <laughs> submit it. You'd need it done professionally from the get go. Is that your sort of? Well, this not not necessarily. Like it just helps. Like if you look at the re- one of the reasons I did Seinfeld apart from selfishness of wanting it was. I'd seen there was a Friends one and I wasn't a huge fan of Friends myself. Like I watched it occasionally back in the day, but I'd never really got into it. Yeah. And I was like, why the hell does Friends have a set yeah. not Seinfeld? Yep. Yeah, if I can do Friends, why not Seinfeld? Yeah, but the Friends one was actually, it wasn't, it was a decent enough uh, ideas project, but the build alone wouldn't have been enough to draw anyone. I don't think it was the actual, the franchise yep. and the way he promoted it was the multiplying effect on top of it. And I think that's where, like, even the, the final set, I had that friend set, and it's actually a really good set for value and the parts you get, even beyond being a friend's fan. Like, I think it's just a great set. Mm. So you don't have to have all these things. It just helps. Like, and that's the biggest thing. If you're going to commit to doing an ideas project and you really want to try and push it through, there's no point being halfway with it. Yep. You've got to try and really dot all your T's, as you said. Like, if you think you can put that extra effort in to make the characters look a bit more like the real things or spend a bit more time, just do it. Like, cause you've only got one chance to impress really. Yeah. And I think for me, looking at those ideas sets, yours, you, I mean, you've got a, you're a designer by trade, right? So when you are designing these elements and the printed elements, you know, like I look at the X-Files set, all the different posters and, you know, they're, they're done. They look like a professional Lego designer has done those printed elements. Same with your minifig heads. Um, and when I'm looking at a, a, a kind of a pitch, a Lego ideas pitch, if you can pitch me one where I go, oh, look, at it's Jason Alexander in Lego, <laughs> like the, yeah. the face. But it's not only just like a, a, a knockoff Jason Alexander. It's like a it's Lego legit. version of yeah. Jason Alexander. Yeah. That sells it to me much more than if someone had just used a generic face. Um, the yellow head, you know, eighties yeah, yellow the, smiley right, face head. Right. <laughs> like, those touches, and and you get into a lot of you know animation, your seasons in time kind of um, calendar clock that's beautifully animated. Like it just you know with the rotating dials and so forth. Like it's just that that next level that mm. to me as someone looking, it's, it separates it. Like in terms of the pitch, um, and I think I, I mean it sounds like you know. It sounds like you're saying if you can do it, go there, go all in. Mm. But it's not. It's not necessary. That's not necessarily going to define a successful pitch or not. Yeah, like the the end result really is you want to make something that looks so good and so compelling that people immediately go, "I want that." Yeah. Like I yep. want to help that make that thing happen, and not just like I've seen stuff where I go, "Yeah, that'd be pretty cool if I if they made it, I might buy it." You know, I don't know. And you just kind of you don't click the vote button and you just move on. Mm you have to really stir up that emotion in people to go, yep. I want this. I need to take the energy to go out and click and buy and to vote for this thing. So I'd like to know about your fa- one of your favorite sets, the Ecto-1. Uh, your submission was originally for Ecto-1 and you later added the Firehouse. So with the Ecto-1 was made under the Ideas program, but the Firehouse was later released as a Lego official set. How did this uh, process play out for you sort of thing? I mean, for me, I had like I heard rumors that the firehouse was coming like everyone else did and thought it's not going to happen. Surely if they were going to do it, they'd tell me about it. <laughs> and sure enough, it was just announced and they, they did it. And um, that was around the same time I, I made us, I thought what perfect follow up for the Ecto one than the marshmallow man. So I built a marshmallow man, submitted that it got 10 to 10,000 votes, but then got rejected. 
but then soon after that they changed the um the rules around ideas so if if you submit ghostbusters or now seinfeld or any ip through the ideas website and it gets approved no one even myself can ever uh submit anything under that franchise oh so right okay so now like friend ghostbusters is now completely off limits for ideas you know they've done winnie the pooh so that's off limits Oh Sesame wow! Street. Okay, so Voltron. So no one, no done. one's allowed to do Voltron. No one's allowed to do um, Flintstones, mm. uh, Looney Tunes. None of that. No. Wow! But if they if they decide that you know the first one sold well enough, they want to do a follow up, they can do that. And whatever yeah. do licensing themselves. agreement they've come up with mm. with the license holder, they can figure that all out. Okay. But we as ideas creators right. have no input or what, say in any of it. what about retired sets like ninja turtles and indiana jones and that those is, sort of uh, that you can do that like people right. have submitted like yeah i really I mean to and haven't done it like a proper turtle party wagon yeah yes the, um, classic one yeah. and i know there is i think there is one up there at the moment so you can do that kind of stuff as if it's been retired you just can't do current themes right. or themes that have been introduced through ideas mm. yeah there you go interesting okay. well another interesting one i mean you you put in and again timing on this one you've submitted and like i think this is a genius concept and really well executed model the 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 zen bonsai that you put up now i know we all probably know that you can go into stores right now and buy an, a, buy an official lego bonsai how did the timing work on your zen bonsai and how did it kind of move to the the lego official bonsai uh i put that down the same with the firehouse really right. like there was another guy because I did my firehouse for the Ghostbusters thing as like, you know, two or three months after I'd submitted it and then added it because back then you could edit your projects and add more things to it. And then someone else had done a full sized one and that one got to $10,000 and uh, $10,000, 10,000 votes and then wasn't approved. But I think by then they'd already started production on that in house themselves. And I think that's probably a similar case with the bonsai. It's like sometimes just the timing's bad. Yeah. Like, I think the bonsai was a original idea and it was something I really wanted to do. Like, I didn't have really anything that was original. Like, I was always doing yeah. Batman stuff or Ghostbusters or whatever. I really wanted to try and break out of that rut of copying. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just I really wanted to try and do something original. And I thought that was something that was really original and I thought the build was pretty good that it could get through. But then I heard these rumors of this bonsai coming. I was like, if that's true, mine's never going to happen. Sure, because they would have started because that whole that whole yes. flowers line or whatever it's called, they started. They probably would have started two or three years ago. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yep. Uh, so you mentioned like that time is an interesting one. Like, how long from I've got this idea in my head to you know taking those promo pictures? How long? So Ecto One, for example, how long a process is that from from start to finish? Ecto One was really long because. Ecto one came about because I was it was in my early days of getting back into Lego. I'd mean maybe been it for two or three years, so I didn't have a lot. But then my daughter was born and I couldn't really leave Lego lying around when I was building something like mm. I could. So I thought, what can I do that's small that I can build and pack away and just get out of the road when I'm done? And I thought oh, I could try and customize minifigs. So I really wanted to make Ghostbusters, having been a huge fan as a kid. So I looked into these like water slide decals they use for model kits. You could print them out of inject printers and design your own sort of torsos and faces, which I did for most of the characters. Some I just use existing faces. 
And then for Bill Murray's hair, I really wanted that kind of, it's almost similar to my hair, that <laughs> kind, of, kind of look. So I actually took like the, the old classic 80s Lego hair and I filed it down <laughs> like the shape of his kind of peaked hairbrow. Yeah, nice. So I, I had them done for quite a while, like at least six months, and I just hadn't got around to finishing the Ecto. And I finally did that and then put it up. I wasn't actually going to put it on ideas. I just made it for my own benefit. I was working at Seager at the time, and uh, one of the guys I work with, uh, Cade Franklin, who won season one of Lego Masters, is like, "You should put that on Lego Ideas." And I'm like, "Eh, this already won. There literally was already a Ghostbusters Ecto one on Ideas that had about four thousand votes." And I was like, "Yeah, that one's got four thousand votes. Surely that one will, that one will trumps it, and I won't have to worry about it. And <laughs> this is for my own collection. What do I care?" Yeah. He's like, "No, no, yours is way better. Chuck it up there." It's like, "Yeah, whatever." So. I, chucked it up there and it immediately just went mental <laughs> and blitzed it and um like that was probably maybe eight ten months between the actual starting of it right. and finishing it whereas seinfeld was i had the idea for it because i was watching seinfeld on amazon prime and i was like oh i didn't run a go through that process of doing the water slide decals again because it was time consuming i thought and i saw this program called mecha bricks which is like an online like it's a website you can digitally modeled in and it renders really high quality like almost realistic looking and i could just create the decals for the faces and the characters quickly knock them out in photoshop chuck them into blender and render them and they looked almost realistic like i think i feel the fool a few people thinking they were real lego <laughs> oh, real. oh wow that's cool yeah and i did that with maybe a week maybe two like the build of the the set like the the apartment came together in over a weekend and the rest of the time was just perfecting those characters jeez that's awesome wow yeah incredible incredible um i, I want to talk about the um seasons in time because again you talked about uh the bonsai wanting to come up with like a non-licensed original idea and you've come up with this beautiful calendar this kind of um you know with the rotating dials it looks like it's made out of mahogany and you know one of those old yeah. fashioned style um, and, and, and the brilliant thing is these little vignettes or these little stories depicting the different seasons kind of go on the top and you've got a little drawer at the bottom that you can open up and like the idea of that is to have you know your parts on so you can build different things or add different elements in there I, I want to know a little bit about the, that, that, the function like the technical build in terms of getting those, those dials to rotate um, how much of a challenge was it to get that working? Uh, well, once I finally settled on the dial kind of look, it's actually very simple. It's literally just a Technic axle through the middle and you turn it. But before that, I'd actually tried to do, I don't know if you've seen them. They're like a, used to see them at, I used to see them at the West pack in the eighties. Like you see them at the bank where these, 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 uh, calendar things you'd sit on the desk and you'd see them turn every day. There was one that had like a, like a card in it. And as you turned a dial, it would flip one card over and it would slide down and reveal a new number. Yep. I tried to recreate that in Lego originally. That was my initial idea for the concept. And I was going to put, you know, decorations around it for the seasons, but I couldn't quite figure out how to get those sort of cards to slide down because there's mm. just too much friction, like yep. physical friction on yes. the bricks. Yep. I tried multiple approaches and just it just wouldn't work. So I was like, oh, I could probably just do, you know, the dial. Like it's literally a dial. There's no flipping. It's just mm. one of those barrel lego pieces those uh half cylinder things okay with text on it so it's actually a really rudimentary yep 
uh, simpler than you probably expect. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm inter- very interested in the your Dark Crystal set. So is this around the time that the new uh, TV series started? Was that sort of uh, yes, so that was the... that was before the TV right. show? So I saw it. Like I love the Dark Crystal, but yeah. I'm fully aware it's a a cult uh, film and didn't have a huge a box office. Yeah. But I thought you know Stranger Things has done well on Netflix, yeah. and I know Dark Crystal's great. Maybe this new TV show will generate that kind of interest yeah and i kind of wanted to get on top of it because i like in terms of world building i don't think any movie bar star wars beats the dark crystal in terms yeah. of just creating a world you feel is real and lived in and you could exist in and as a as an artist myself like that's a benchmark i'd love to hit one day <laughs> yeah definitely because uh, you've you've got everyone here you've got uh, the uh, kiara uh, Fizgig the Skeksis, the Mystic, uh, you know, the you've just, the, the build quality and just the aspects that you've used to uh, build these characters is just next to, you know, next level. It's just, they look so amazing. And the fact that you preempted this before the TV series came out and before, you know, uh, all the hype uh, rebuilt around Dark uh, Crystal is just amazing. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm surprised. I find this one, this set interesting in the sense that there was another Lego Ideas set that came out, which I got, but I've heard it's like one of the poorest selling Lego Ideas sets out there, and that is the Adventure Time set. Really? Um, and it's got, uh, like, you build a Jake and you build a, you know, like, Jake you build all the yeah. Finn and the, the rainbow um, unicorn, unicorn yep. thing. Um, there's an Ice ice King in there, Princess Bubblegum, all that sort of thing. But it's not really like... It, it, they're like brick-built characters, which is sort of what you've done here, Brent. Like, you've built some beautiful brick-built characters. But I'm wondering if if there's almost that that kind of set aesthetic that Lego kind of drives towards, mm. where you know like Ecto One, cool, that's really iconic. Um, you know you can build a set around that. Do you do you feel do you think some of the limitation with the Dark Crystal and its performance is to do with not having that central kind of set concept or that pillar to build something around? Because I personally love, I I would like to have all those brick built characters, but is it something that the market generally wants? you know, something different from a set? Yeah, well, I think that's like, obviously the show didn't do as well as I thought it would, but there's also that factor as well, which I've I've abandoned more ideas projects in terms of not even submitted them than you've seen because of that very reason. Like I've done a Mr. Bean one because I couldn't really figure out after my experience on the Dark Crystal, what is a good, compelling single product that people might want? Like, and that's part of the ideas process for me as well as like, thinking can i picture this on a set and can picture someone wanting that as a set on a shelf and that's where mr bean fell apart because i could do the car and the you know the chair on top for mr bean but apart from that that's all there really is to it Hmm. and that's where like i've got the x-files is under review right now but i don't for the same reason i don't think that'll pass review because the most iconic thing out of that show like i love the show and my emails is based on that show now still (laughs) But it's not really like apart from his office, there's not really a compelling yeah I see sort of yeah, yeah. one to believe poster. There's yeah. not nothing no iconic car yeah. or yeah, yeah. location or event that encapsulates the entire franchise into one cohesive yeah. uh, thing. So maybe these sort of character ones belong in the brickheads uh, game, you know, like those uh, sort of pop vinyl um, looking Lego builds where they're just characters. Brickheads, yeah, yeah, sort of, you know, the, if you had a brickhead, or even that's where Dimensions was good as well. We got, yeah, you know, yeah, yep. and we got, oh, we got a uh, Knight Rider, we got Michael Knight. Some of those things were we could get through that kind of avenue, like 
it's a bit of a travesty to me they did that but didn't do a proper a-team van or yeah but um that's a similar example where you can try and do those things another way like if they just made a tv show collectible minifig series that had Mulder and scully and some other tv show characters all mashed together that'd probably satisfy me yeah now just on this aspect i want to pick your brain here for a second what's your personal thoughts on the mario sets right because um my little brother and i we actually built our only custom ideas was uh built minifigures of mario and luigi what's your take on these new mario sets that are sort of more game orientated than you know or would you prefer the standard minifigure scale with bowser and things like that you know more of a a level than a game scenario where they're sort of brickheads running around a course or something or do you think it's awesome i i I don't like it like yep i want minifig characters i want you know minifig bowser and mario and luigi and pete and toad and Mm. all that but apparently it's selling really well yeah but for me like i don't want that uh the what they call it ar experience i I want to just like if you if he made I saw there was the recent one of the recent sets that came out was like the um the Mario three uh flying airship thing mm. and that yep. looks really cool but then it's like it's not to scale with a minifig and you've got these weird sized characters with it I want the other side of that so that's to me where like I don't I don't get the the need for Lego to try and cross blend those the AR video game thing like I feel like doing their Lego video games like the Lego Star Wars and all those things helped spring people into Lego. And like that li- literally the Star yep. Wars Lego games brought yep. me back into Lego. Yeah. Like as an adult. And I think that's enough for me to see that. And like Minecraft, I used to play back in, you know, 10 years ago and I still play it occasionally with my kids. I've picked up a few Minecraft Lego for my kids because they love Minecraft and they see it in Lego form. There's a certain charm to, even with Ghostbusters, like there's a certain charm to seeing the thing you love yep. recreated in Lego and I feel like that's enough of a hook alone mm. where you could just get so many sales through it than needing to do all this superfluous stuff. Yeah, we, we were the yeah. same. And that was our view when we first saw them that we'd be like, oh, where are the, the minifigs? We were expecting yeah. minifigs. Yeah. Um, one, of our, one of our listeners, uh, Trenton Barrett, he got it for his kids and apparently they love it. Mm. So, you know, again, I think the theme, maybe the theme with this is it's, it's sort of not... For us, it we're just, not we're for just our age level. We're just too old. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. We want classic sort of. But that his kids, we were sort of worried that the kids would kind of play it and lose interest. Because yep. to me, it looked like it didn't have a lot of replayability. Yeah. But apparently, it was quite quite fun. Yeah. So. And they've just released Luigi now, so there's mm. a whole new you know aspect to the game, so to speak. Play the same thing, but he's green instead. And he can <laughs> jump higher, <laughs> apparently. Right. Yeah. And you get to go second. Um, now i I had a look for your seinfeld set on the lego store brent and it looked like it was uh all sold out um so that that's a good sign um and and clearly they'll produce or hopefully they'll produce some more so fans can get it but it seems to be the way that these things get get refreshed but who knows but now you you talked a bit about going on the reddits and and you know talking to the fan community I understand. I'm not the biggest Seinfeld fan, so I, don't, I wouldn't know this, but I understand there's a lot of hidden references to the shows in there. Um, how, how did you sort of go about that process of trying to fit as many of these subtle nods in in a Lego build, you know, in, into that set? How how did you fine tune them down and, and make them recognizable? Well, for me, like I didn't do too many in my initial pitch. 
it's something I was just like, I was so focused on recreating it as accurately as possible. I didn't really think about it, but then through this process you do with Lego, with through Lego ideas, once it's approved, you'll have several Skype calls and zoom calls with them. And we probably had four or five where from initial concept where they just tried to rebuild mine to, you know, refinement through the minifigs. We got points where we asked collectively, like the designers at Lego who are huge Seinfeld fans, they themselves tried to get a Seinfeld set made internally. I don't know when it was, but they got rejected. Oh, and, wow. and as soon as apparently through the ideas process, the designers aren't allocated, they volunteer or stick their hand up. Right. Okay. So if you're into Seinfeld or if you're into friends or whatever, ah. you'll stick your hand up. Go, I really want to do that. Yep. If that comes through, I really want to do that. And they were all huge fans. So we just sat down and just literally made a list of references. <laughs> How cool. That's awesome. That's so good. Well, is there like a, is it, you know, it's like the used for the ice cream element. I saw one in the kitchen. Is that like the top of the muffin? The yeah, muffin that's, top? That's the muffin top. <laughs> that's a, I, that's so, yeah. So even I, with my, I've probably only seen like, you know, 10 episodes, but there, there were things that I could recognize. And I loved, what I loved, because, you know, like, I guess there was the friend set that had the, Friend, they did the friend's apartment, the central perk. Mm. What I loved about the Seinfeld apartment is that you had the little Jerry Seinfeld doing his, his stand-up. The stage. Off to the side, yeah, the stage. Yeah. Because it's yeah. so, that's so iconic, right? Because every episode opens with that stand-up routine. Mm. And I thought that was just and like was, a genius little nod. And that was one of the designers at Lego, Cesar Torres. He just surprised me with that one of the, on one of the calls because I'd initially suggested... Because I'd say, like, Ghostbusters, you get, like, a little stand for your minifigs. Yes. So like, the Ghostbusters logo on it. Yep. I was like, what can we do that's like that for this? And I thought maybe you could just make the chairs from the diner. So you could have, like, a little table and little the booth. chairs, and they yeah. could sit there. And that could be the little thing you display. And he's like, oh, we'll have a think about it. We'll try a few things. And they just came back the next time with that little stage. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Brilliant. Nice. It's so good. It bookends the episode, every episode. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, the big question then that everybody uh, wants to know is when are you going to appear on Lego Masters? <laughs> <laughs> I auditioned with Cade. Oh, nice. Ago. I said no because it's 10 weeks filming. Like, I can't take that way along from work. And I kick myself still, but. Now I'm in the position where even if I could take that time off work, who am I going to go with? Because the one partner I want to go with went off and won season one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that w- yeah, w- you would have made a formidable team, that's for sure. Um, I think they, they did really well. Like, I don't have the technic skill that yep. Henry had. Yes. So I think I'm not convinced we would have done as well with me, me there because I've got a similar kind of artistic, artistic take yep. that Kate does. Kate had, yeah. But Kate and Henry together, the technique... Well, Henry's artistic, don't get me wrong, mm. but together, I think they just per, the per, perfect partner, whereas yep. you don't want two technique people together. You don't want two artistic people together. 100%. You want people that can fill in each other's gaps. Yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely right. I, I know, I mean, um, I've had a few chats to Henry, um, great guy, and Kate as well. Um, and if, if you're looking for a good book, they've got their Brick Dads book, which has just been released. So it's okay. like a whole heap of kind of like dad jokes, but designed um based on uh, lego sets and photography or lego custom um photography that they've done but but henry um he's a massive um pop culture fan as well and he's got this beautiful gundam design that i remember the first time i saw it and i was sort of scrolling through i'm like oh there's a nice toy of gundam and then i'm like wait wait a minute 
that's not a toy. That's actually Lego built. <laughs> like, if you think the Voltron set looks good, Gundam is just like next level. Wow. Um, and the in, like the engineering. From X Men too, didn't he? Yeah, he built a Sentinel from X Men. Oh. It's just like it's insane. His like not only the artistry that makes it look like I don't know how you sometimes manipulate bricks to get those smooth shapes, so so smooth mm. and so precise. But then the internal structure that makes these things you know, stand and get supported is just next level. So yeah, um, some very, very talented builders out there should should all be working for Lego. You could get a job with Lego, Brent, if you wanted to trade in your video game career. Maybe one day when the kids are out of school. <laughs> all right, so moving on. So uh, you're obviously a video game sort of designer, is that right? What, what sort of in uh, that... Environment artist. Environment so artist. Okay. Wow. I build very... the backgrounds and levels for yeah. the games. Okay. Very cool. So you, you said you work for Sega and things. So you've obviously got that, you know, space uh, mindset of pop culture. You know, what else gets you excited in pop culture? You know, what else would you love to see done in Lego that hasn't been done yet? I mean, most of the stuff that's remaining, either they won't touch because of licensing or just this too mature, like, star trek aliens things like that like i'd love them to take a proper shot at ninja turtles whether it's you know based on the live action or the 80s show or something because the last one was based on the nickelodeon show which i actually really enjoyed that show or the the movies the recent movies which i didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah it's not a lot remaining like x-files obviously but i don't think that's going to happen um, and it's all just things like there's just obsessions I had growing up. It was started probably started with Ghostbusters and then went to Batman and then went to the guy for Jurassic Park after that and then the X Files. So I've just gone from obsession to obsession as I've grown up and we've already seen Jurassic Park. Now we've got Seinfeld, we've had Ghostbusters, we've had Batman, we've had Ninja Turtles. In terms of those obsessions, apart from the X Files, I'm covered. Mm. Um if I could officially be involved in something, like I did some work for the Lego Batman movie based off of the stuff they'd seen on my Flickr and they just invited me to do some work for them. Wow. I've kind of covered my Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah as you would That's do. awesome. <laughs> that yeah, just so weird. Cover something officially with Ninja Turtles and um, yeah. X-File. I think yeah, I mean, I would have. I was the same as you. I've got the Ninja Turtle sets, but I would have loved vintage. But I get why they went Nickelodeon because it was yeah. current and it was yeah. of the time. It's... Yeah being promoted so it's not just resonating with our generation yeah. it's resonating with the kids and um, but we're, we're very similar to you brent we do all the same things that you do but we we branch into the plastic side of it as well and and get all our batman and ninja turtles and ghostbusters fix through the the action figures <laughs> that are there yeah. frank's almost got a compl- i've dabbled in that a few times right but i've just Come to the realization, like I don't have the space or m- money to be able to do all of them. Yeah, yeah you got you to pick like, one stream, otherwise, very you, smart. You go broke. Yeah, yeah I, I've I've kind of because I was trying to do both. I was trying to do like Lego collecting and and action figures, and I'm pretty broad with my action figure tastes. And I've got to the point where I've run out of room, and it's like I, I just I have no I have no more room for Lego. Like it's so space consuming, <laughs> um, and it it pains me. But yeah, you have you have to draw the line somewhere. So, and I, I guess I, I occasionally stick my toes back into it. Like, I, I bought the NECA TMNT original ones years ago, the first lot. Yep. Yeah. They're the, based on the comic, comic book. Yeah. The comic book ones yeah. all with all the red bandanas. Yeah. yeah nice. I bought that one. And then I went, I kind of got caught up in the, the prequel period and bought 
Attack of the Clones figures at the yeah. time. And they didn't last very long before they all got given away or thrown away. <laughs> yeah, I, I made the same mistake. I remember going to those Toys R Us midnight sales here and, you know, just going, oh my... You know, cleaning the shelves of one of everything and then just going, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> and now, now I can't even recover what they're... <laughs> Toys R Us's part to do those midnight sales. Um, twofold. To get the panic um, buyer mentality, I better go midnight because if I don't, I'll miss out <laughs> and do them before the film opens. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep, yep. Before we knew better. But I remember like I, I got every character except for Darth Maul. And I remember a mate's like, oh, he's he's up here at Tea Tree Plaza. There's mm-hmm. one Darth Maul. And I remember I was at school at the time. I was in year 12. I jumped on a bus. Like, I reckon, did I don't even wag, know if I, I, I may have. Or I may have. I That's feel awesome. like I may have. And I went up and there was, sure enough, one last Darth Maul <laughs> on the pegs. And I was so happy to get it. And now it's just, I mean, and maybe that is one that's kind of a little bit sought after yeah. in that wave one. But yes, the mistakes we make as collectors. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Brent, this has been really wonderful to get your insights. And, and I feel like, um, you know, I feel like a bit of a hack now that uh, I've been talking to, to Brent, um, a bit, bit of a fraud. But um, no, w- wonderful to chat and um, to get your insights on the Lego Ideas program. And all the best with the future projects. I, I, I'd love to, you know, get the seasons in time um, clock in my collection. You know, that, that calendar, I think, is a really good one. Um, but we look forward to seeing what you produce in the future and we'll keep an eye on it. Um, where can people follow your work? What's the best place to find you? Um, I'm Wallet Customs on pretty much everything except for Twitter. So I'm on Instagram, Wallet Customs, Facebook. Um, I know on Twitter, I'm Brent on internet. <laughs> no, cool. no, but no. I don't use that terribly often for Lego-y stuff, so... Yep. Yeah. So to clarify that is Walla, not Walker. Is that is that is that right? <laughs> yeah, not not like the clip we played at the start. <laughs> A bit like Brent and Brett. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we dealt with that. I I, I uh, we, we, Yeah. <laughs> I, I adequately embarrassed. I love it. how we did it with both names. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Very good. Thanks for being such a great guest, mate. All right. Well, that wraps this episode of Toy Powers. Thank you so much for Brett for joining us. Bre- for oh, Brent. no. <laughs> you were doing so well. <laughs> for Brent for joining us. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Toy Power. And to all our patrons, thank you for your ongoing support. We hope to see you around the toy aisles. Thanks for having me. Take care and stay safe, everyone. And, um, particularly if you're in a lockdown area right now, you're in our forts and we're hoping things improve really, really soon. So take care, stay safe, and until next time, good journey! You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but... Yeah.